Though last week, um, I was not here. Minister Darnell was ministering, and I know that was good. And, um, but the week before that, I was talking about the church. So we're still going to talk a little bit about the church. And um, so the, the two weeks prior to last week, um, I talked about, you know, we talked about that the church is not a building, right? What is the church? It's the people, right? It's us. We're the body of Christ. We are the church, not these walls. This is just where we come. This is a meeting place. This is a gathering place, but it's not the church, all right? And then we talked about the fact that we hold the keys to the kingdom, right? We have the ability, we have the authority to do what? Who can tell me? Anybody remember? Yes. Bind and loose. That's right. So whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We're, we're the only creatures that get to do that. Whatever we bind is bound. Do you know even Satan himself can't do that? Only the body of Christ, only the church has that authority, and it's been given to us through Jesus. Now, tonight, um, what I want to talk about is the importance of us having corresponding uh, action with our faith. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But let's turn to Matthew chapter 16, and let's just read this um, verses, um, Matthew 16, verse 13 through 19. Let's read this first. Um, Praise God. And I am reading from the New Living Translation. So this is kind of our theme scripture. And it says here, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So he asked his disciples, who do people say I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, and this to me is the most important question, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say God is? doesn't matter what other people think. Who do you say? God is. Who is he to you? And so um, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So the, the church is built on the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. Right? That he is the son of God. 
that he is our savior, that he is our redeemer. So the church is built on that fact. That is a rock. That is the foundational rock. That is, that's the rock that cannot be destroyed, cannot be moved. That is our foundation. Amen? Okay. So as I said tonight, we're going to talk about um, corresponding action with our faith. So one of the things, um, think about this. Many people don't trust words. They trust actions. People can do a lot of talking. You ever been around somebody who just talk, 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 and you're like, can you please be quiet? You know, and they're just talking, as they say, they talked your ear off. And you're like, okay, you're saying a lot of words, but is any of it true? Are you really going to do that? Can you do that? You know, so, um, but sometimes that's what people do. Um, sometimes people say, well, well, you know, let me see, you know, when I say that they don't, they don't trust you, just your words. They're, they're wanting to see what your actions are. They might be saying, well, let, let me just see what are you made of? You know, what, what are you really going to do? Um, you know, if we want to impact people for Jesus, we must have faith and corresponding action. We, we, we have faith. All of us have been given a measure of faith. As soon as we got saved, we received a measure of faith. And then we know that our faith can grow, right? Because Jesus, you know, he talked about how some had great faith. So we know faith can grow. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more you hear the word, the more your faith grows, correct? Okay, so we know that. But there is this phrase that says, action speaks louder than words. And I looked that up because I was like, well, who said that? Where did that come from? You know, a lot of times people have said that. Have you guys ever said that? Yeah, action speaks louder than words. So I found out that this phrase was first used in the, in the form that we use it today in the United States. It was written by actually Abraham Lincoln in 1856. Abraham Lincoln was the first one to say that. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But he said action speaks louder than words. And he was talking about the North and the South and how you know, the, the South was saying some stuff, and he was like, well, action speaks louder than words. And we know who won, right? So um, there is this quote that says, you are what you do, not what you say you will do. You are what you do and not what you say you will do. Anybody can say stuff, but not everybody will do stuff. You know, I, I can, think of, can think of some times where some people have said to me, well, oh, and, and if you did this, don't, I, I don't even know you did it. So just act like I'm not talking about you, okay? But I've had people, um, you know, I'm, I'm, one of the things I do is I, I'm over the children's ministry. So I've had people say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to volunteer for children's ministry, and I'll be there on Sunday. If you saw them, I saw them. Now, that's what they said, but that's not what they did. Did I forgive them? Of course, you know. But they didn't keep their word. 
And see, that's what people look at. When we as Christians, when we say something, when we say we're going to do something, they hold us to a higher standard. It is what it is. It's just like when a husband or a wife says something, the husband is going to believe the wife and expect the wife to do it. If she says, you know, when you get home, I'm going to have dinner ready for you, and he comes home and she's still in her bathrobe and curlers, and he's like, well, what happened to dinner? But you said you were going to fix dinner. So our, our actions are very important. Go to James chapter 2, and we're going to look at um, verses, we'll start in verse 14. James chapter 2. So just, this is James, the brother of Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when you read James, the book of James, it's interesting the way he talks. You know, he's the one, I mean, it's like he's just like, look, you get it together. Do you, do you guys get that when you read James? He's like, I'm not playing with you. This is the way it is. Get it together. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. You know, that's where he, he, he says stuff like that. He says, if you want wisdom, ask for it, but then don't waver. You're not going to get it if you waver. I mean, that's, that's how he is. So um, in, chap- in James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? I'm reading the New Living Translation. What good is it? Okay. He says, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but, you, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Oh, I have faith. Okay, you got faith. But what are you doing with it? So he says, unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. I can sit on this pew or on this, on this platform. I can sit here and say, I'm a woman of faith. I have faith. I got faith. I have faith. God gave me faith. Oh, I have faith. And if I never do anything but just sit here and say it, what good is it? Who is it helping? What is it changing? Who is it influencing? Well, it might be influencing some people, but not for the best. So James is telling us we we have to do something. Yes, we have faith, but we must do something along with that. We must have some corresponding action. So he says, now some, I'm in verse 18, now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? And then he says, I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. Praise God. You say, verse 19, you say you have faith, 
for you believe that there is one God. Now, this tickled me. He said, good for you. He said, even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. So what? You believe there is one God. Good for you. That's good, but even the devil believes that. Even the demons believe that. And then he says, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. So Abraham believed God. He believed God. I believe he believed God so much that when God told him to sacrifice um, Isaac, that he believed that God was going to raise that boy from the dead because he knew that was the seed that God had promised him. Now, he may not have had it all figured out, but he believed God. And then he acted on the fact that he believed God. Have you ever acted where you said, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you know what? I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to believe you. I'm going to take some steps. I'm going to put some action to what I believe. Well, that's what Abraham did. But if Abraham had just sat there and said, well, you know, I believe God, but, um, you know, trying to figure it all out. Well, Lord, now you told me that, you know, that uh, Isaac is my seed and, you know, and he's the promised child. And now you want me to sacrifice him? Now, how is that going to work? No. He put action to his faith. He said, I believe you. I'm going to do what you said. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to do my part, and I expect you to do your part. Praise God. And God is actually okay with that. So it says here, um, his actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So we know, you know, that we're, it's for by grace that we are saved, right? We're saved by grace, through faith, not of ourselves. You know, it's a gift of God. It's not by works. So you can't get saved by working. You know, there are other religions that do that. They, they try to work their way into salvation. They try to work their way into heaven. But that's not, it's, it's by grace, It's a gift from God. So when Abraham believed God, God counted that as righteousness to him. He's like, okay, Abraham, you believe me. Now, I know Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet, but you know what? I'm counting you as righteous because of your faith in me. That's what all of us had to do, right? We had to do that. We had to believe God. We had to have faith in God. Right? We had to pray prayer of salvation. We had to call on the name of Jesus. Well, Abraham believed God, and God imputed that to him as righteousness. So he had right standing with God. You know, God could do that because he knew Jesus was coming. He knew the price was paid. You know, it might have been on account, 
because God knew it was going to happen. But he still, because Abraham believed God, God said, you're righteous. Okay? So, um, it says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So, you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent, messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as a body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So in, Abra, I mean, uh, in Rahab's case, it says she was shown to be right with God by her actions. Do you know Rahab had to believe that her family was going to be uh, spared? She had to have faith. She had to have faith in this God of the Israel people. She had faith. She mixed her faith with her actions. She hid them, the spies, and then she sent them out a different way so that they could be saved. So it took both, faith and action. You can't get around that. When you think about our lives, um, sometimes when people, in fact, let me read this to you. This uh, is a note out of the Life Application Bible. It says, when someone claims to have faith, what he or she may have is intellectual assent. Agreement with a set of Christian teachings and such as it would be incomplete faith. True faith transforms our conduct as well as our thoughts. If our lives remain unchanged, do we really believe the truths we claim to believe? So think about that. When I got saved, there was a change. I didn't want to do some of the things that I did. They, I had no interest. There was a change in my heart. There was a change in my thinking. There was a change in my action. People who are truly saved, there is a change. There is a, there is a change. Now, I'm not judging anybody's heart. I'm not. But it's pretty obvious. Is it just intellectual assent, or is it a true relationship with Jesus? If you're in a relationship with Jesus, more than most likely, you want to be like him. You want to get to know him. You want to be close to him. You want to figure out how to do some of the things that he did. So there's change. Some people... There's drastic change. I mean, I've heard of testimony where people have gotten saved and they were drug addicts and immediately, no withdrawals, no nothing, God totally set them free. And from that day forward, they no longer wanted any drugs. If they were alcoholics, they no longer wanted alcohol. If they were living a, 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 a life, you know, where they were sexually active and doing things that they shouldn't be doing, 
They said, you know what? I don't want to live like that anymore. There was a change. So I'm going someplace with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so people can talk the talk, but do they walk the walk? A lot of people can, can talk Christianese. You know, you can go in, in the bar and you can find somebody and, and start talking to them. And they, oh, they can quote scripture to you and tell you all about, you know, well, my, my granddaddy, he was a preacher and this and that. And I know God. And I'm like, well, if you know God, why are you sitting in here? Why? If you really know God, the God that I know, why are you sitting in here? So, faith, but no action. Is it a relationship with Jesus, or is it just intellectual assent? Agreeing to some rules, agreeing to, you know, I know this is the right thing I'm supposed to say. You know, I interview people sometimes, and I can tell, you know, people, they, they have these canned answers. They, you know, they've got it all, this is what I need to say, and you know, nothing wrong with that. You should, if you're going to be interviewed, you should rehearse. You should figure out what you're going to say. You should have some idea of what you're going to say. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes people go too far left in that, and you're like, I don't want you to say what you think I want, what I want to hear, but I want you to tell me. But they'll talk the talk, and then you're questioning, well, can you really walk the walk? You know, do you really, you can talk to me in accounting terms, but do you really know what that stuff means? Can you really do it? Or do you just know? These are the terms. You see what I'm saying? So, I'm blessed and highly favored. Nothing wrong with that. But are you really blessed and highly favored? Do you really believe that? Or are you just saying it because you heard somebody else say it? Okay, let me get off that. Um, last year, we paid the mortgage on this building off. We exercised our faith. But we also had to give some money, so we had to put some action to that, right? So we were exercising our faith. I mean, we... We, um, we would make a confession, right, about the fact that it was paid off. And then we would bring our money to, you know, for the rising bill. And it got done. But it took faith and action. It took both. If nobody gave, now I'm not saying it, that God couldn't do it in a different way. But why, why would we want God to do something in our house Some have to bring somebody way from somewhere way out and they get the blessing and we miss out because we are not mixing our faith with action. So it took both. It took us having faith, believing that it's going to get done, and it did. And then also the action was to make the confession and to bring the money. Amen? 
You guys remember the story of David and Goliath? How uh, David, he uh, was like, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is, you know, coming against, you know, God's people? Who are they? Now I'm paraphrasing. Who, are, who is he? How dare he? Now, you know, the other boys, they were scared. They wouldn't come out, the other soldiers. The soldiers, you know, Saul, the soldiers. They were afraid. But the same God that David served was the same God that was their God. But David put some action to what he believed. He said, you know what? God helped me to kill the lion. He helped me to kill the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, in other words, he's a piece of cake for my God. And he got his five smooth stones and his slingshot, and he went out there, and he spoke some things to Goliath and told him what he was going to do to him, and he did it. He had faith in God, but he put some action to it. He didn't just stand back and say, well, you know what? Somehow or another, God's going to deliver us. No, he said, uh-uh. Uh, enough is enough. We're, we're not going to keep listening to this man defy the armies of God. We're not going to let him do that. Who, how dare he? But if nobody did anything, if nobody had any faith and believed God, Goliath could have still been alive today, taunting people. But David mixed his faith in God and he put some action to it. Praise God. So here's my point. When it comes to people, Christian or non-Christian, they are watching you. They're watching us. They're watching to see what we're going to do. They're watching to see how we're going to react. They're watching to see, you know, are, are you going to... Um, get angry? Are you going to, how, how are you going to handle different situations? They're watching. You know, I brought these, um, a pair of my husband's um, binoculars. And um, you may not know it, whoops, but uh, they're watching. They're sitting on the sidelines. They got their binoculars, and they honing in on you and saying, okay, let me see what she's going to do. Let's see what Pat's going to do right now. Let's see what Sherry's going to do. Let's see what Miss Francis is up to. And they're watching us. And you may not even realize that they're watching you. But they're watching, especially if you said you're a Christian, if you made that known. They'll say, okay, so what is a Christian? And what are we showing them? What kind of actions are we showing them? I mean, I, I've seen people who made me mad, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, when I worked in a secular job, People would tell, you know, they would tell about, oh, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. 
they'd go out partying um, Saturday night. And they'd go to church Sunday morning. But when they came into work on, on Monday, do you think they talked about church or do you think they talked about their partying on Saturday? The party, the Saturday. But you a Christian and you're trying to influence these people and you're endeavoring to be an example but you come in after the weekend and your focus when you're hanging out with them is the fact that you partied. Girl, I had a good time. I met this guy. He was so cute. I'm like, did you go to church? Miss Christian, did you go to church? What did God do for you? What did he say to you? But flip that. You come in on, on, on Monday morning, you all fired up because you came to Word of Life Christian Center and Pastor Andy preached you a good message and you're just like, yes, you know, I'm ready. And you walk in and you're all smiling, full of joy, and they're looking all sad because they were partying the weekend. And uh, you come in with just a totally different demeanor. They know you're different. Right? They know there's something different about you. And I guarantee you, at some point, they're going to come to you if you are consistently living a life before them that says, not only am I a Christian, not only do I talk it, but I walk it out. I walk it out. I love people. I'm quick to forgive. I refuse to be offended. You know, when something negative happens, I'm not the one who's sitting in the huddle talking about the boss. I'm not the one who's sitting um, and, and gossiping about someone behind their back. You know, we're, we're coworkers, but girl, did you know um, so-and-so, this happened, and, um, you know, now they told me don't say anything now, but, you know, did you know? And then all up in that stuff, instead of saying, let's not talk about them, let's pray. Can, can we just pray for them? Maybe they need help. I wouldn't want anybody to talk, you know, I've said to people, I... I wouldn't want anybody to be talking to, about me like that. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know their circumstances. We only know what little we've heard. But you don't really know. We don't know. So, like, you know, one of the examples I wrote down, if I said I'm believing God for a job, and I have faith, but I haven't put in not one application. God's going to open the door. God's going to just put a job right in my lap. That's basically what you're saying. God says, uh-uh. If you want a job, you got to do something. Now, I'll meet you. 
I'll give you favor with, you have favor with me and you have favor with man. But you're going to have to put in some applications. You're going to have to go on the interviews. You're going to have to pray and believe me to say the right things. You're going to have to do some stuff. Put some action with that. You know, when it comes to promotion, the Bible says that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, but it comes from the Lord. So I remember there was, uh, there was this promotion that I wanted to get, and I didn't get it. And so everybody was, that, I mean, you know, they were telling me, well, you know, Linda, um, you know, you're probably never going to get that promotion. And I thought, oh, that's not true. <laughs> but they were watching to see how I was going to react. Was I going to start talking about the people? Because really, it wasn't quite right. They shouldn't have done what they did. They shouldn't have put the person in place that they did over me. But, you know, she had connections. So, but I had connections too. So I did get promoted. And it got promoted at the right time. But you know what? I kept my attitude right. I even ended up having to help train that person. And, you know, but I'm like, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to act like the world. You know, everybody's saying, well, I wouldn't do that. I didn't ask you what you would do. (laughs) I didn't. That's not how I roll. I'm different. I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. I, I march to a different drum. I want people to know the God that I know. So that means I have to represent him well. My actions, my attitudes, my talk. People who, who say they're Christians, and, and, you know, maybe they are, but, you know, God says that uh, we shouldn't have cursings and blessings coming out of the same mouth. But you have Christians who cuss up a storm, worse than a sailor. Why? And then... People around you, family members see it, hear it. And they're like, okay, so she said she's a Christian, but she's acting just like I act. So church, my point is this. We are to be an example to fellow believers and to the world. God has called us to be an example. God has called us to represent him and to represent him well. We are, and we have the ability to do it, but we do have to watch what we say and how we say it. We have to. Um, One of the scriptures that I, I say to myself many times it says, may the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. God, let my words be pleasing to you. Don't let me say things in anger. Don't let me have an attitude when I talk. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm believe me, I'm not perfect. I miss it at times just like everybody else does. 
but that's my heart. I don't want to be that way. And, you know, the, the thing about, if you, about us, if we are consistently the same way, when we mess up, do you know people will have grace for you? They're like, oh, something must have happened because that's just not like her. That's not like him. But you have to already be consistently living this life out walking this life out, talking and doing. Praise God. So remember our conduct is important, the way we behave, um, our how we love, you know, or, or, or do we take 1 Corinthians chapter 13, do we believe that, do we walk it out, do we act like that? You know, love is kind, love is patient, love is patient, love is kind. Are we patient? Are we kind to people? One of the um, things that I, I think is so bad, if you've been to a restaurant and uh, the waiter or the waitress, they're, they're really obviously not doing a great job. They're not doing a good job at all. And as a Christian, you have a choice to make. Are you going to leave them a 50-cent tip cause, and show them, well, you know what, you didn't do your job right, so I am not tipping you? Or are you going to be generous and tip them in spite of how they acted? Now, if you got cards from Word of Life, if you put a 50-cent tip down, don't leave that card. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, you need Jesus, but I'm only going to leave you a 50-cent tip because you didn't do your job. How do we know what that person might have been going through that day? What if they had a rough time? What if something was going on at home? What if they're trying to figure out their finances? What if they're just like on their, they're just, Filled with worry. What, what if something's going on with them? Are we going to walk in love? Are we going to be like Christ? Are we going to be an example so that they will want this same God that we have? What do they see? How do our actions reveal Jesus? How do our actions, what we do, how does it help people to want this wonderful God that we know? Are we painting a true picture of what Christianity is? Are we painting a true picture of who God is? Because we're his representatives. So how you act reflects on him. My mom used to tell me when we were growing up, don't you go out there and make a fool of this family. You better act right. So you tell me now, what you do out there, it affects this family. What we do out there affects people's lives. It affects whether or not they get into the family of God. 
Amen. Okay, so let me just read this one last thing, and then we're going to close. This is our theme scripture. And it says, this is Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. King James says, that we may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. The New Living Translation says it this way, so that no one can crit criticize you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my works was not useless. So, so that nobody can criticize you. Live a clean, innocent life as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of a crooked and perverse people. Hold forth the word of life. Amen. That's where our pastors got the name of this church from. Holding forth the word of life. We hold forth the word of life. We hold the key.